This is Partners in Practice, a weekly series dedicated to the evolving field of the advanced practice clinician. Here is your host nurse practitioner, Mimi Secor. According to the American Academy of Nurse Practitioners, there are an estimated 125,000 nurse practitioners in the United States today. Nurse practitioners are working in primary care and many other settings and specialties helping to meet the increasing demands for health care in this country. The educational preparation and requirements to become a nurse practitioner have become more rigorous over the decades since the role was first developed in 1965 by Dr. Loretta Ford. A doctorate in nursing practice has been proposed as the future recommended entry into practice requirement. The educational preparation and requirements for becoming a nurse practitioner will be discussed today with my guest, Dr. Joyce Polcini. You are listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome. I'm nurse practitioner Mimi Secor, your host, and with me today is Dr. Joyce Polcini, nurse practitioner and associate professor at Boston College in the Graduate School of Nursing here in Boston, Massachusetts. Today we are discussing the educational preparation and requirements to become a nurse practitioner. Hello, Dr. Polcini. Welcome to ReachMD. Hi, Mimi. How are you? I'm great. So, Joyce, can we begin with just the basics? What is the current educational requirement to become a nurse practitioner here in the United States? Currently, the requirement is a master's degree in nursing. So that certainly has changed from when I graduated in the mid-1970s with a certificate, a continuing education certificate, and then um, had to work toward that master's degree. How long has that master's degree requirement been in place? been in place since about 2003 and pretty uniformly now across the country all nurse practitioners who are being educated are at the master's level at least. How many currently nurse practitioner programs are there in this country and how many graduates do they produce each year? There's about 325 uh, nurse practitioner programs according to the American Association of Colleges of Nursing and approximately 800 uh, graduates yearly in the U.S. Uh, that certainly is a large number. And I know there are, we all both know there are many different specialties nurse practitioners can go into. Uh, could you just describe some of those specialty areas? Uh, sure. Uh, adult nurse practitioner, family nurse practitioner, pediatric nurse practitioner, and women's health nurse practitioners currently. And we also have have geriatric nurse practitioners who in the future will be incorporated with the adult nurse practitioner. Okay. So there are a number of different areas that nurse practitioners can go into. I'm a family nurse practitioner, and I know you're an excellent pediatric nurse practitioner. And I bet we both remember when we didn't weren't even board certified, that they didn't offer board certification until, what was that, the late 1970s? Correct. So uh, what is the future educational recommendation for entry into practice as a nurse practitioner? Well, going forward, the American Association of Colleges of Nursing is recommending that the Doctorate of Nursing Practice be required. Uh, and a date that they've set is 2015, but I'm doubting that that will actually happen, but it certainly is a goal, a beginning goal, and currently about 72% of schools with advanced practice registered nursing programs or nurse practitioner programs are either offering or planning a doctorate of nursing practice program, so that's quite a lot. That's a huge number, and that has occurred over a relatively short period of time, hasn't it, the development of the DMP programs? It has. It's been about over the past 
five years, although others had thought of it before. It's taken on a life of its own recently, and schools are really developing these programs. So the original recommendation came from what was adopted by the American Association of Colleges of Nursing. Is that right? That's right. That's the organization. Actually, uh, those the members are deans, associate deans, leaders of the profession, and uh, this was also strongly uh, endorsed by other organizations, such as the National Organization of Nurse Practitioner Faculties, which is an important standard-setting organization for nurse practitioner education, and they were very much at the forefront in this. And you're very much involved in the National Organization of Nurse Practitioner Faculty Organization, right? I am. I'm leaving tomorrow to go to their annual meeting. Right on. I knew it was right around the corner, if not happening as we speak. I always remember it's around the time of the Boston Marathon. That's right. So, uh, And I was president of the organization in 2000, 1999 to 2000, so I have a strong connection to it. That's wonderful. Well, what is the rationale for the new DNP recommendation? The rationale really is that the healthcare system has changed dramatically and that the skill set that we all need as providers has changed um, and so that we need to think about large system-wide issues. Uh, we need to think about you know, legislative legal issues, quality, patient safety. We're also faced with new electronic medical records, new forms of collecting and gathering health information. We have a, obviously a very exciting political and policy arena right now happening with the new health care reform. So advanced practice nurses and nurse practitioners in particular really need this different skill set. Um, the other reason I think that's important is that most other professions have clinical doctorates such as the doctorate of physical therapy, the PharmD. In reality, um, the medical doctor, the MD, is a clinical doctorate. It is not a research doctorate. So in some ways, we're outside of the other professions in terms of requiring this kind of degree. That makes a lot of sense, really does. And when we look at how much information clinicians are required to keep abreast of, you know, being more evidence-based than when we were first nurse practitioners in the late 60s, early 70s, it's a whole new world. Absolutely. And evidence-based practice is absolutely huge. And that is a very big part of what we are talking about in nurse practitioner programs now, how to uh, evaluate evidence, how to practice using evidence and so forth and not using old practices. And that involves being able to evaluate research, to look at multiple research you know, articles and decide how we're going to treat, to make recommendations for treatment. So evidence-based practice is a major part of this as well. If you are just joining us, you are listening to Partners in Practice on Reach MD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm nurse practitioner Mimi Secor, and I'm speaking today with Dr. Joyce Polcini, nurse practitioner, about the educational preparation of nurse practitioners. Uh, what do you think about this DMP recommendation? I personally think that it's the future. I really do feel that this is where we're going, that we need to develop these programs and to require that as new practitioners are being educated that they have this degree. I am also, and I'm glad to hear that you are as well. When you're advising your students, how do you help them make the decision between pursuing a Ph.D. in nursing and a DNP? I do tell them that if they're thinking about teaching or doing research, that the Ph.D. is always going to be the gold standard. Uh, so that if someone is even considering uh, an academic career, 
I do recommend the PhD because academics requires a knowledge of research, not only of understanding research, but to be able to conduct research. And that is what the PhD affords the student. If they have a strong clinical base, if they really want to stay in practice at this point, I might be recommending the DNP. Uh, I also think about their age to some extent. Um, <laughs> I do. I mean, if, if oh, someone absolutely. is 50 years old, I might not recommend this, you know, at this point, you know. <laughs> but if someone is 20, I think this is the future. And I need to say to them, you're going to have to have a doctorate in the future. And you have two choices, but probably in your lifetime, this is going to be part of our world as professionals. Yes. When you think about the DMP program, uh, what are some of the problems, the current challenges facing the NP programs overall and the DNP programs, such as the shortage of faculty? Well, that's a huge problem, obviously. We know that the average age of faculty is in the 50s, depending on which you know rank they're in. So that's an issue that we have to face. So we really do need um, young people to be interested in education, and we have to, inspiring them to teach is something that we hope we can do, because we are going to see a huge retirement in the next 10 years of a lot of faculty, and we'll need to be replacing them. We need succession yes. planning in a way. And it is more and more challenging for those of us that are clinically practicing, you know, when we're f really being pressured to see more and more patients more quickly, taking a student is huge. Right. There are demands on productivity in the clinical areas and so forth. We can't deny. But on the other hand, students challenge us in practice. They ask questions. They require us to get into the literature in a more serious way, to answer their questions, to challenge them. So Many preceptors find it to be um, a positive kind of experience, a challenging experience, and, and they enjoy working with young people. So Absolutely. So what's being done right now to address the shortage of nurse practitioner faculty? Do you have particular strategies in place right now? or? Um, well, there are some federal initiatives, such as a loan payback for individuals who might be interested in teaching, that's one thing, being encouraged. And there are some local or state initiatives as well that are trying to deal with faculty shortages and so forth. So it is a problem. For you, what are the greatest rewards and challenges of teaching nurse practitioners? Well, you know, once you educate a student, one day they're your student and the next day they're your colleague. And I always say that I own a little piece of each one of them so that when I see them years later and they see me at a conference or at a meeting, they come and say hi and they tell me what they've done. And you always feel like maybe you had a little part in that. So it's a very nice feeling to have all these students out there who you connect with and so forth. So um, I think that's really the biggest reward. What are the continuing education requirements for nurse practitioners, and how have those changed in recent years? Continuing education requirements are required by your state licensure as a nurse, and so states will vary in that way. And also certification, depending on which certification you have, there will be requirements for different types of continuing education, and that does vary by certifier. So all of them do require uh, some kind of continuing education, have an important requirement for um, keeping up to date with pharmacology in particular so that we can be up to date on prescribing. And um, I think that students take that very seriously and understand that when you finish a program, you have really just begun your education. You have, it hasn't just ended, it has begun. So you must keep up with everything as you move forward. I think nurse practitioners take that very seriously. 
Now, can you discuss any trends and future directions in terms of educating nurse practitioners? What are some of the new approaches that are being used? Well, um, I think that increasingly we will be using online education or web-enhanced courses, um, you know, keeping up with the students. I mean, social networking, understanding all of the new trends in computer-based education. They get it. Sometimes we're a little slower on that. So it takes, you know, keeping up with all of that is is important. But that is what's happening. Mentoring is always an ongoing challenge and important kind of issue. How does that play out in terms of, is that something that happens after graduation, mentorships? Well, I think it starts when you meet the student and when you advise them and it continues after they graduate, long after they graduate. So you see them, you continue to mentor them. So some students more than others, but certainly that's an ongoing requirement. That's great. What about graduate and postgraduate internships, residencies? I hear more and more about that these days. In in the DNP, of course, there are more hours than in the traditional master's program. So that's another area that we've talked about incorporating internship kinds of experiences within the DNP, adding hours so that only strengthens their clinical competence. So whether they call it an internship or whether it's part of a DNP, we all need that kind of thing. So thinking about what additional education one might need moving forward. Right, right. And that certainly is something that I, as I reflect back decades, could certainly have been strengthened in the early days with those shorter programs. What about new specialty opportunities as we sort of wrap up the program, Dr. Polcini? Seems like more NPs are in hospitals, acute care than ever before. Right. And when you asked me about the specialties, what I did give you were the primary care specialties, but there are Certainly increasing um, foci on uh, acute care nurse practitioners. That includes from neonatal to adult to geriatric uh, specialties. Really, the geriatric area is going to be a, a, a subspecialty. And the other is psychiatric nurse practitioners, psychiatric mental health nurse practitioners who work with uh, either children or adults around mental health issues. So that's another um, huge area. And I happen to be in pediatrics, and I know that there's a huge shortage of child psychiatric providers. And so that's, I think, a real growth area. Unfortunately, we have a lot of children with mental health needs. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you very, very, very much, Dr. Joyce Polcini, for coming on this show. I'm nurse practitioner Mimi Secor, and you're listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Partners in Practice on ReachMD XM160. You can download this program and any other program in our library at ReachMD.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for listening.